0: This morning, we'll take our text from the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, and we will read verses 8 through 10. Hebrews 11, beginning at verse 8 By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. We first read and learn about Abraham back in the 11th chapter of Genesis, and it is there where Uh, God speaks to him. God calls him. And he asks him to leave his country and to leave his kindred and go to a land that I will show thee. Talk about being vague on details. But we find that Abraham, he responded. Uh, He did just exactly what God asked him to. We find nowhere where he questioned God, uh, where he argued with God, No, he just believed God. he just trusted God. And God, he he blessed Abraham for that. And God blesses people today when they do the very same thing. When we say, I'm going to believe God. I'm going to trust him and I'm going to follow him. Oh, that's just what Abraham did. Abraham, he he traveled extensively from the time that God had called him uh, to go to that country that he would show him. And uh, if you go back into Genesis and you look at his life, read and study the life of Abraham, I believe there are 17 different locations that Abraham moved to. And so over the course of his life, uh, he had had seen the countryside. Uh, He had lived out on the plains. He saw the small towns. He saw the large cities, and of course, he saw everything in between. But, but with all of that, all of the things that he had experienced, all of the things that he saw, he was still looking for something. And here in Hebrews, we find uh, that he was looking for a city, not just any city. Oh, no, uh, he was looking for that city, which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. He was looking for a city that was real, a city that was sure, a city that was eternal. He was looking for that heavenly city. Why, thank God that is just exactly what we are looking for today. Abraham, he was looking through the eyes of faith for that day when he would dwell forever with God. We can say the very same thing today, too. You know, heaven. Heaven is real. But sadly, there are those in our world today that do not believe in heaven. How sad that is. I remember hearing a story many, many years ago about a brother. And this brother, he he loved the Lord. And he was always willing to give his testimony and speak a word for the Lord. And one day, he was having a conversation with, I believe it was a co-worker. And if my recollection is correct, this co-worker did not believe in God. But they were still having this conversation, talking about God and and talking about the hereafter. And this co-worker on this one day asked this brother a very interesting question. And the question was, When your life is over, and you step over that great divide, will you be disappointed if you find out that there is no hell? That is an interesting question. But this brother, without hesitation, responded, Yes, I will be disappointed. But why? Why would you be disappointed to find out that there is no hell? Well, the brother, he responds and he says, If there is no hell, that means that there is no heaven. And if there is no heaven, that means there is no God. And if there is no God, I am never going to know who it was that answered all of my prayers. Oh, but thank the Lord, we know God is real. And yes, we know heaven is real. Oh, we read uh, here this morning in our scripture reading a little bit about heaven. However, uh, there are a lot more things that we don't know than what we do know. But what we do know, just to begin with, is we know that heaven will surely be worth it all. We know that it is going to mean everything. Everything. It is going to mean absolutely everything to make heaven. And we also know that it will be unthinkable to miss it. Heaven, nothing in this world compares to it. Paul, he wrote to the Corinthians, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. In other words, it's it's beyond our imagination. It is beyond our human comprehension what God is preparing for his people. Uh, The Gospel of St. John records the words of Jesus. And Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God Believe also in me. Now, it is no secret that we are living in a very troubled world. It seems like wherever you look, there is trouble. There are problems all around us. But problems and troubles in themselves is nothing new. Troubles have been around a long time. You can go back to the very beginning. You can go back to that first family and there were two brothers There was trouble in that family. During Abraham's time here on earth, uh, there was trouble. But Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Uh, You believe in me, believe believe in God, believe also in me. But then he continues, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. So he goes from, from trouble to mansions in glory. And what he is doing as he is talking to his listeners is he is trying to direct their attention. Or maybe we could say redirect their attention to look above and beyond the problems and the troubles of this world. Oh, those mansions in glory. In verse uh, 1 of our, of our scripture reading, uh, John, he said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven And the first earth were passed away. And then down in verse 5, he says, Behold, I make all things new. All things new. You know, the God that we serve, he specializes in newness. If any man be in Christ, why he is a new creature. All things pass away, and behold, all things become new. And that's just what the Lord does. The Lord gives us a new heart when we receive salvation. He gives us a new desire. He gives us a new purpose. He gives us new attitudes. Why, it's all new. That's what God does. A new heaven and a new earth. John, he describes that new heaven and that new earth as that holy city. That new Jerusalem. And he also describes it as coming down, descending. And we we interpret that to mean uh, literally what he said. That this new Jerusalem, which is heaven, coming down and uniting with the new earth. This new Jerusalem, it actually gives the, the dimensions of it. It uh, measures it in furlongs and you have to do the conversions there into miles, and there are some uh, discrepancies on all of that. But uh, nonetheless, this is a massive size city. And I've run the numbers and tried to to just figure out uh, what it is, and I come up with approximately 2 million square miles. And to put that in perspective, that would be approximately half the size of our country. Half the size of the United States. And the, the length is the same as the breadth, which is the same as the height. I've always wondered, how do you measure the height of a city? Some Bible scholars believe that the height of this city is actually, or very possibly, referring to the height of the tallest buildings within that city. We don't know but one thing is sure we will know more uh, by and by. Well there's a lot of beautiful things in the city in this new Jerusalem but before we even touch on that let's stop and consider what is going to be absent in that city. What is going to be missing? We heard that beautiful song no more night No more night. It tells us there in in verse 23, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. No more night. No temple there. It tells us, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple. We love our churches. We love our houses of worship. And perhaps uh, more so now than ever. But in that city, in that heavenly city, there's going to be no church, no temple. But God Almighty and the Lamb of God are going to be there to think that we are going to have full, unlimited access to God, to come to God and give Him praise, give Him thanks, thanking Jesus for the plan of redemption and that He included us. Oh, yes, it's going to be wonderful. No more night. No more temple. It says no more sorrow. No more crying. No more pain. No more death. No more diseases. No more heartaches. No more disappointments. Why, those things are going to be gone. And it says, There shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Oh, let's just consider what is going to be there. John said... He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. He showed me a pure river, no contaminants, no pollution. That pure river, we read that the streets of the city are pure, pure gold as it were, Transparent glass. The streets are pure. The river is pure. God is pure and holy. You know, God, he he puts a premium on purity. He puts a premium on holiness. But without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. God. Oh, God is preparing a pure and holy place for a pure and holy people, for a pure and holy bride. It is going to take something to make heaven. We don't want the enemy to deceive us into thinking that somehow we can just glide into heaven. Jesus said, lay not up, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. When you think about that, there are already treasures in heaven. In fact, we would conclude that heaven is already filled with treasures. But yet Jesus said, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Each one of us has our own spiritual bank account. Each one of us has our own spiritual 401k retirement account. Yes, it is going to take something uh, to make heaven. Jesus spoke very very plainly in Matthew chapter 7. He said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So we could sum up our responsibility in just a few short words. Our responsibility is to seek God's will, to seek his will. We not only seek his will in prayer, but we seek his will in his word because God's word in itself, reveals much of his will for our lives. So it behooves us to study and to know, to understand God's will, and then to do his will. Jesus said, strive to enter in. Strive to enter in. We will not just somehow coast into heaven while others labored and fought to win the prize. Oh, but we know, we know that heaven will be worth every effort, every effort. We are looking, we are looking for a city just as Abraham was looking for. We too are looking for that same city. Are you ready for heaven this morning? Are you ready to take up residency in your heavenly home? Have you made your reservations do you know that your name is on the registry rolls in heaven if not it can be it can be you see god has streamlined the process he has there there is no paperwork there is no bureaucracy you can have same day confirmation or if you just come to the Lord, you just come to Jesus with an open and an honest heart, and you pray an honest prayer, you repent, you confess your sins, you will find that Jesus is faithful. You will find that Jesus is just. He is willing to forgive you. He is willing uh, to, to write your name in that Lamb's Book of Life. Not only that, uh, you will sleep better tonight just knowing that you are a child of God. Just knowing that you have passed from death unto life. Oh, this morning, heaven, heaven is near. But Jesus is near too. We're going to have a time, a time to pray, a time to, to look heaven's way. Whatever you do, whatever we do, we don't want to miss heaven For the world.